Welcome to Cosmic Explorations Podcast, curated by the cosmos, narrated by Viva Cristina. Hello! Exploring the universe in and of us through a cosmic storytelling of astrology, I want to welcome you to this cheeky journey of sensual shadow play as we claim our liberated authentic expression through expanded pleasure and playful embodiment as a new default for living and loving. Hello, cosmic lovers. It's good to be here with you today. (laughs) I hope whatever you're experiencing, it gets to be okay. I started this year with 10 days of silence and meditation. I did a Vipassana meditation course under an active volcano here in Bali, which is where I live. And I met some epic, beautiful humans there. One of them being Miss Mimi Morale, who is my lovely guest in this episode. Mimi is a fellow manifesting generator and a Scorpio rising with both the sun and the moon in Virgo and loads of Leo in her chart. So I hope you're sensing from this that it is going to be a juicy episode. (laughs) She came on here to share her raw and vulnerable experience of Vipassana. And honestly, she did not spare. It's an episode full of deep revealing that I think might touch and resonate with a lot of you. Because you know that feeling when you want to run away or go into denial when things get really intense and serious and hard. Or when we're being met with confrontation, conflict, uncomfortable emotions, judgment, when we're experiencing anxiety, physical and emotional pain. When the resistance of the mind comes alert and perhaps starts bullying us. Yeah, those. (laughs) This and much more is what those 10 days looked like. Now, how do we stay present? How do we allow the experience to move through us without being swallowed by it? How do we come back to that safety within? These are some of the aspects that we cover in this conversation. And if you want to know what Vipassana is, this episode will bring you clarity. If you've heard of Vipassana before, but haven't done it or felt the call for it, this episode will give you a deeper understanding. But if you are feeling the call to do the course, (laughs) this conversation might either inspire you or discourage you. I don't know, depending on the type of a person that you are. But my invitation is to stay neutral, aka equanimous, which is one of the main principles of Vipassana. To approach it with curiosity and take what we're sharing with a grain of salt. Because this is just our personal experience and the lessons that we gain from this deeply penetrative experience. And if you have done the course, then you know what we're talking about. And congratulations, the soldier. <laughs> it's it's not an easy experience. But in this episode, Mimi is sharing her profound and fascinating story. And if you want to hear mine, you can hop over to Mimi's podcast, which is called The Inside Out, Two Eyes. <laughs> and that's where I got real and naked. 
Now, as a good Scorpio rising that she is, with that fearless, investigative, creative, and deeply attuned mind, she covers some real spicy, activating, and taboo topics that I highly recommend. You can find the links in the show notes below. Now, I invite you to allow yourself to be taken on this journey and receive the wisdom that wants to find you from within. Deep listening and attunement to your body, to your intuition as we interact with the external. Enjoy. Mimi Morel, welcome to Cosmic Aspirations. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I feel so excited. I'm such an honor to be here. So thank you. Uh, honor is all mine, fellow Scorpio rising. I know. <laughs> so keen. So obsessed with the Scorpio rising. They're the best. I love how once we got the opportunity at Vipassana to start speaking, like we somehow gravitated to one another right away and the astrology conversation just flew out. Literally <laughs> like the first conversation I had with anyone, I was like, okay, yeah, like I was like, so deep into astrology, like didn't even realize like full tunnel vision, didn't realize there was like all these people around us just like that we'd been <laughs> with for this whole time. And we're like, yeah, no, you're like a, 12th house stellium and my like Virgo this and like, I was like this is what I need though this is the type of people that I need to be around so yeah well, it was here great. we are I know like what <laughs> what a town turnout imagine if we didn't have that conversation we wouldn't be right here right now doing this podcast so here you go it was meant to be Legit. and so I would love to ask you ask where me. are you tuning from and um what's the energy of the vibe oh my god I love that so like I'm tuning in physically, like where I am, yes. I'm in Melbourne. So I'm in Melbourne, Australia. This is where I grew up and I was living in Bali for six months. And then I came back here just as an in-between before I go overseas again to America. So the energy here, it's very different to Bali for sure. Um, I I know that you know much more about like astrocartography as well that I do, but um, the planetary lines, I'm not sure if people listening know what astrocartography is, but um, it's pretty much like your birth chart on a map. Um, and I got into it when I was in Bali mm. and the planetary lines that I have in Melbourne are pretty hectic, in, especially in terms of like my birth chart as well. So I have like Uranus and Mars, um, which are opposing Oof. in my birth chart. So I have Uranus on my I see and then I have Mars on my MC and so there's like this conflicting energy of like wanting to get out and like rapid change but then like heaps of driven ambition energy with career so I've definitely felt that since I've been here that like unexpected mm. changes but um the energy's been really good it's been really good but it's very like motivating and like I just have to kind of like let it throw mm. me in each direction because like it's not very stable but I'm like learning to stay stable within like the chaos which is nice yeah and I feel like you know I often see with Scorpio rising that the initiations that people with strong Scorpio energy have in their early lives are real and that's mm -hmm. exactly what you describe and so when I learned that you also do podcasts I was like oh my god what is it about and you're like death yeah <laughs> I was like yeah, it's my like, girl literally summed up yep the dark shit but yeah, no, I love it. I'm so into it. Yeah. 
And so I would love to hear it from you. Um, what is it that you feel is at the core of what you're sharing, what you're embodying, what you're here to do, experience and connect through? All right. I feel the most, I mean, it changes all the time, but I think I'm here to bring light to darker topics and bring people together that maybe wouldn't normally be together. I think that the way that I kind of can speak about mm. things and adapt with different people almost like opens a door to see a familiar topic that maybe we don't talk about in a different whole new light and just kind of like inches that person to be like oh I hadn't really seen that perspective or oh I hadn't really thought about it like that and I think just bringing humor into everything that I do has made my life like so beautiful and I think that's like one of the massive things that I'm here to do so yeah right now it's like connection um and feeling like everyone you know I feel like in any sort of situation whoever they are you can relate to anyone if you put your mind to it. You know, you just have to like drop in and hold space for that person. And we have like so many more things that we have in common than we realize. And we just don't speak about it. And I think that's why I love like podcasting so much mm. is that you have like this chance to connect, but also just like see yourself and see another, just like it's like, like this beautiful intimate mirror. And so that's why I love it so much. And right now that's where I'm at. And that's kind of where I feel like the purpose is going. Mm, beautiful yeah and as you know I love to wave some astrology into in. these kind of conversations and I love how you're like so enthusiastic and the playful side that you were mentioning mm. that I really see reflected from your Venus as well as Mars in conjunction in Leo mm. that's like stunning baby <laughs> bring it on you know that's like bigger than life yeah, it's a lot. taking in the room it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> no, it's beautiful and this waving and connecting the dots with the community and bringing that mirroring mm. of intensity actually of the depth mm. with your Scorpio rising but also your moon and the sun both basically on the same degree in the 11th house of Virgo with Virgo um, it's that beautiful kind of calling people into deeper alignment into deeper integrity with what is it that mm, makes you a human, mm. a unique human, and how you first are embodying that and shining the light. And I remember once in Vipassana, when we started talking, you were everywhere. <laughs> you were that person that was just like, hello, everyone, what about you? Do, 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 do. Like bringing us together. Um, and even Mercury in the 11th house of community mm. of the tribe and that bigger picture of like, we are here with a specific purpose, but like you mentioned, under the universal umbrella. Wow. Um, I love your like interpretation that. of it. I feel like I study my chart so much on like, I just look at it all the time. Like I'm just... I, and I am always wondering, like, what does this mean? What does that mean? So it's so nice because I've never actually had, like, a proper reading. So it's actually so nice to see it reflected in someone else. That Obviously, you're so good at what you do and, like, your interpretations are so beautiful. But it's so interesting hearing in that light because I was like, oh, like, my Mercury is, like, overly critical and I don't really know, but I love having friends and, like, all of these things. So it's mm. seeing it in that way and, like, I've never really seen Virgo in that way of kind of, like, the integral bring, like, it is almost like mm -hmm. it's at earth like connection point as well and it's a yeah. mercurial like it's ruled by mercury as well so it does have that element of like speaking mm -hmm. all the time 
Yeah, and not only Mercury, that would be more traditional astrology, mm. like the modern ruler of Virgo is Chiron, the wounded healer. Oh my god, really? One that is like connecting us to the tender, vulnerable pieces where we feel wounded, perhaps. I did not know um, that. But showing us, yeah, but showing us the healing potential, the well of wisdom that is sourced from that. And your Chiron is in the 12th house of Libra, yeah. which is like, oh, some past life karmic shit yeah but also in a way you know that shines through relationships building that safe container um intimacy in order to meet ourselves more deeply wow as well as your north node in the 12th house so we could go much deeper yeah we could go for days and i love I love bringing astrology through the lens of Akashic Records. Mm. So basically your soul speaking through your natal mm. chart, which is going to give a whole different vibe to it. And especially in combination with human design, but maybe for another time. For another time. I'm because... like, I could just literally pull up everything right now on like four different monitors and just be like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. CIA, it's the best. But the purpose for why we're meeting today is to yes. kind of reflect on our experience with Vipassana, the 10-day yes. silent meditation course that the we crazy, took. crazy time. <laughs> yeah. So it's been, what, two, three weeks now that we've been out? Like just over two weeks. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like living in Bali, time runs very differently. So, so much yeah. has happened to me since then. And I imagine yeah. for you too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, definitely. I mean, I'm in a different, it was a massive shift because I'm in a, I left Vipassana and it was like one day, one night. And then I was back on a plane and I was like, oh my God, this is the biggest contrast, like completely mm. to being in the jungle, to being like in an artificial air environment. It's just very, very different, which was cool mm. as well. The mirror. So I'm wondering, before coming to Vipassana, what was your perception of it? What Did, did you know what it was? What were your oh. expectations? So I got told about it from a friend. I'd heard about people doing like 10-day silent retreats and kind of throwing the word around. And my friend Jack is such a wise little man. He did Vipassana like once and then he was like, he would always come over and we'd speak about all these spiritual things and Eckhart Tolle and we were both reading like The Power of Now and like A New Earth and just were obsessed with it. And then he did Vipassana and was like, okay, I wouldn't recommend that to a lot of people, but I recommend that you would do it. Like, I think you could handle it. And he was like saying about like pain and different things. And I was like, oh yeah, like I was so down for that. Like I would be so keen, all this stuff, like so excited. Give me the pain that comes with wisdom. <laughs> Such a Scorpio thing. Literally. And I was like, oh my God, no, I'm actually so excited for the challenge of that. Like I just look back at myself now and I'm like, oh my God, you had no idea what you were even saying. Like you were saying that, but you didn't even know what you're getting yourself into. Um, and so I, yeah, my like perception of it was that it was kind of like a 10 day retreat silent thing like I understood that it was going to be maybe the conditions that it was um but I didn't have like a very in-depth understanding of like mm -hmm. the day-to-day -day or exactly what it entails so yeah brief but somewhat so of now being on the other side how would you describe it now how would I describe it now okay now I feel like it was like a disciplinary like Right. Right. Well, how do I feel about it now? I feel like it was the complete opposite to what I thought it was going to be. Like everything that I didn't want to do and I had to mm. do it, but it was the best thing that I've mm. ever done. So it was really like I would 
normally have a tendency to go to spirituality or go to meditation as a like almost as a form of like pleasure like it was such a beautiful connection and I found so much in meditating and visual and connecting to spirit guides and you know being in astral planes and like all these different things and then going to Vipassana was the complete opposite to what I've ever experienced and it was the most grounding mm-hmm. thing I could have done so I think that it really like kind of set me in place to be like oh you think you know all about this meditation stuff you think you know everything about like how to connect and like it really just shook my ego to be like no this is Mm. what you need to do um and this is like real you know it's just so so Mm. real so I couldn't I would recommend to so many people but I think it's definitely like my friend Jack said in his words um it's not for everyone I wouldn't recommend it to a lot of people because I think a lot of people just naturally right now um and maybe it's the people that I'm around and can see I can almost feel their resistance mm-hmm. to it you know like even when like you speak about it with them it's that they're like they're there they're like talking about it but I don't actually know if they'd fully want to be there for the whole 10 days or it would connect to them um and maybe just not mm-hmm. right now but I think in time I would recommend it to everyone but I just yeah. feel right now at where they are it might not be the best thing I definitely would recommend it to everyone, but just to know when the right time is, you know? Yes, and this is so important. And the right time is the divine time. Exactly. Because personally, I applied for Vipassana Mm. a few times before, Mm. but every time something came in between. So I I applied like three times when I was in India, in Nepal, in Slovenia, in Austria, Italy. Mm. It just wasn't working out. And fun fact is that when we were in Vipassana, it was Mercury retrograde. Yes. Mercury is connected to the perception, the thinking mind, right? Mm. The thinking processes, the patterns of the of the mental sphere. And for us, Scorpio risings, it was retrograding in Capricorn in third house, which is again the house of the mind. And being retrograde, it means that it was restructuring, wow. realigning, and especially in Capricorn that is connected to the structures. It was like a deep operation mm. of the structure of the mind yes. and the nature of the patterns that are kind of automatic. Mm. And this is when it aligned for both of us. I love that. <laughs> and it, also just being in Capricorn season in general, like it was the most grounding, like strict, like daddy yes. saying no, being like, no, you need to sit down and like just sit here. I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to sit here. And it was literally like, no, Mimi, the, yeah. like that's what you need to do. Like stop being all in your little head. Mm. Like, no. So, yeah, it, mm. I really saw the beauty in the um, mundane I found. Mm. And I also want to bring forth what you said, you know, it's not for everyone. I see that from a perspective that yes, meditation, it's such an actual thing of the observation of the mind, but there are so many different kinds of meditations. Mm. And this one, Vipassana is probably the least, quote unquote, spiritual one, because it's really the fundamentals of embodiment pure observation, no belief system, no dogma, no spiritual doctrine, just you observation mm. present moment breath no visuals um, nothing compl- no, well not the point of it <laughs> yeah you're not meant to that's you're not really but, meant to but yeah. yeah but what i wanted to say is that people who are dealing with depression and anxiety mm. going so deep in this observation it can also kind of suck you into certain rabbit holes mm, so i sure. feel like there is a certain level of 
centeredness, groundedness in your life to be able to go through such a deep operation of the mental sphere. Yeah, so, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I think it's just like you you know when it would be right or when it would be wrong and like yeah even if you feel like a little like all over the place you need to have that like stability or also have like entered I mean some people you know did it without not meditating at all and that's like that was their first time meditating but I feel like maybe it was better but I don't know being introduced to like that world at least um Mm -hmm. a little bit would help first just so that like you know Mm. how you are in those spaces because it can bring things up and if you haven't had experience with like observing emotions or just like meditation in general or like really Mm. deep emotions coming to the surface then it can be extremely overwhelming and it's silent so you don't know what's going on so you can't talk about it so I do feel like grounding this a little bit for those who might still be a little bit confused what we pass yeah definitely so basically 10 days which is essentially 11 days because you come on day zero and then you leave on day 11 Mm. right yeah or day 12 in that count um if day zero was day one Mm. um and it is 10 well nine days of complete silence Mm. and inward living meaning that you're not really making eye content or you shouldn't there's no like exercise allowed you eat twice a day the first meal is after the two hours morning meditation which starts at 4 30 to 6 30 and then we have a little breakfast and then it's basically i counted 11 hours of yeah. meditation a day mm-hmm. and that's sitting down um yeah and it's a very specific meditation technique mm. which is focused on the breath and observation of the body basically constantly scanning the body from the top of the head <laughs> to the, the tip of the toes <laughs> <laughs> which um, is guided by um this meditator this spiritual not, not spiritual teacher yeah Gwenka. yeah what would you call him he's a vipassana teacher. yeah he's a teacher yeah and he's based on like the buddhist principles mm of meditation which is non-attachment equanimity Mm non-reactivity um pure observation pure observation yeah is there something else that you would add um i would say that there is well it's a well one with the silence it's a very structured it yeah it focus on is on like neutrality so like you you focus on a sensation and then even if it's good or bad you're not meant to be excited or put down by a a negative emotion it's meant to be just be like observing and staying neutral so it's not being rocked or shaken or excited or thrown anywhere by anything so it teaches you when like positive emotions or negative emotions come up to not be too in those emotions because then that can take you over it pretty much like keeps you within Mm -hmm. your observing state so they're like then your natural Mm -hmm. non-mind state um and you can watch emotions come in and out so that's pretty much what what it does um and you can't look at anyone boys and girls are separated and then you can't you can only see into like their um little garden thing but yeah um (laughs) that's pretty much it that, that i can think of yeah, and the core of it is that we allow the impurities. It's a purification mm. of the mind. That's at the core of it. Yeah. So basically creating a space, and environment for the impurities of the mind, the attachments, the 
fears, the insecurities, the worries to kind of, yes, come to the surface mm-hmm. to be released. Exactly. And they get released in that state of your non-reactivity, pure observation, allowing them to kind of evaporate. Mm, and impermanence. And, and, so it's like, yeah, you feel these really intense right. emotions, but it's like in our whole lives we just like run away and like try to avoid them. So this like makes you sit there not react at all and have the discipline to just sit there and watch it and then when it comes up you realize that this really painful thing actually isn't that painful and you like let it pass and as it goes away it's like that liberating like sense of nothingness of where you just have like space and so yeah it's a really really beautiful Mm, practice beautiful yeah yeah that teaches you how to be with what is Mm, exactly with this full spectrum well yeah everything just is is, yeah right Mm. well i'm wondering I would love to walk deeper through your personal experience of Vipassana. And I'm wondering, would it feel better as a manifesting generator that I ask you questions that you get to respond to? Or is there a certain way that feels like wants to be naturally shared through you? I love that you're thinking of the manifesting generator and bringing it all together. I think you can... Yeah, let's go with I'll ask a question and I'll respond and then see how we go after that because that that feels right. Beautiful. Cool. So I'll slice right through it. Right through it. And ask you the question of what was the most challenging experience throughout your Vipassana journey? Or some of them. Because <laughs> I imagine they are were a few. There were a few challenging moments. Um <laughs> At first, it was really just the resistance of my own mind. Like uh, probably about day five, I just was, now that I have hindsight, I was just looking back and wanted to count down every hour because I was like, literally get me out of here. I just didn't see the point in it. Like now, like Mm. I was so resistant and like now looking back, I'm like, can laugh at like, oh my God, you had no idea. You have to trust Mm. the process. And I would always say that. Did you come with a specific intention that you want to work on? Not Oh, I think I actually wrote it down. I think it was well, it was funny because it was very much more like connect with mom and connect with like the parts of myself and really unblock. I think that actually was one of the biggest things. Coming to, it was funny because coming to Bali when I came here, that was kind of my intention was to come back to nature and really just like unblock parts of myself that felt like stuck up and really like stagnant. I wanted to just like breathe with nature and like let that kind of ease out and let that fade away and so that was really like it was funny because like everything that I kind of intended to do in Bali it was almost like in a spiritual sense it got like compacted into that 10 days like it was everything that maybe I thought I didn't really realize I needed and I did it in that time Um, Mm. and really just like watching my own mind that would be that would be one of like at the first experiences because I just wouldn't, I didn't really want to like let go into it and try and distract myself. But physically, one of the more challenging things once I actually eased into it was just I had like an over, over the mountain amount of anxiety come into my, in my meditation I had, we began, we sat down and like just got in the flow of things. Like I, I know we're not really meant to speak too much into our experiences to alter someone else's experience in, in the future, but this was just like, take this with a grain of salt. Everyone else's experience is mm-hmm. different. 
this was just mm-hmm. something that happened to me. It doesn't mean anything. There's no story to it, but this is just an experience that I had. Right. And I think what you just said before that was like, you get what you need. Exactly. You get what you is coming authentically from you. Exactly. Because some people had just like free flow, 10 days. Exactly. And <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's true, but yeah. And I know that that's a massive thing of, um, you know, you don't want to talk about, especially that's why there's silence. Cause if you start speaking about your experiences, you start comparing and mm-hmm. then it doesn't, it doesn't feel authentic and real and you start judging yourself. So just putting that out there, if no one's mm-hmm. done it before, this is just an experience, very different to everyone else's in the whole, like everyone's so different. Yeah. So yeah, I'd kind of gotten the flow of things and like free flow was happening, but I was like feeling comfortable in what we were doing. Like there was less resistance and I was like, okay, I'm here. I like had a shower. It was the nighttime meditation. I was like, okay, feeling so zen. Like let's sit down and do this. And as I sat down and like the little voice started playing and like it started the meditation, I literally got like it. Oh, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like someone like compressed all of the energy from like every anxious person in the world and just like pulled it into my heart and it was just like this compression of just like fear it was like so much fear and anxiety just like in my heart was so Mm. tight and I literally like thought I was gonna have a heart attack and I was like oh my god like and this is when we're sitting and we can't move for an hour and so I'm sitting there and I'm like holy shit like how am I even gonna get through this hour like I literally have to just like try and calm myself down and try and like move this energy feel it but don't get too like in it and like let it's gonna pass like it will come and go and so that was really really intense the hour went by and like it felt like maybe like three years but then also like three minutes at the same time because I was so concentrated on trying to make this okay and then I was like okay the hour will be up and I'll be fine and then the hour's up and I still wasn't fine and I was like oh my god had like the next night um had that night meditation it was still kind of there and I yeah it was still very much there and then I went to bed I was like wired like I couldn't really even like go, get to sleep and then the next day in that meditation in the morning I slowly started to move it and it was like get a little gentler and then in the afternoon that next day I like eventually moved the energy and it like just kind of faded away into this like abyss um and there was so much more peace after that and I don't know where it came from but there was like a sense of like you're not safe it was like no and I had to keep telling myself like no you're okay yourself you're safe you're fine you're like it was like I was in danger and so not sure Mm. I think that was maybe like a past childhood thing that was coming up of like always feeling in fear and always feeling like I wasn't in a safe place and that would be like a lot of things that could like attribute to that but um that was probably the most intense experience because also things like heart things and anxious things it's not like a physical pain even though it is it's like this mental connection of the mind and the body that is just like a complete disconnection and trying to like combust so that was that was really probably the most intense one that I had I think Mm. I wonder why do you what did you take away from that? What were the teachings of that experience? I think I found a lot of safety within myself. I think a lot of the time I I would maybe, I would normally fear stability and I normally fear things that weren't chaotic just because I had my upbringing was very um, unpredictable and very chaotic. And so naturally on a subconscious mm. level, I 
would almost be addicted to chaotic energy. I'd be addicted to like the adrenaline of things not working out or when it was chaotic, I was relaxed. And so then the opposite, when Mm. I'm in this relaxing situation, it's like, there's so much resistance, but it's like chaos in my mind. And so I think Mm -hmm. I found like a safe place within myself where I didn't have to keep like running and I could just like sit, sit with myself and sit with my emotions. And yeah, after that, I found there was just a general sense of peace. I found that I was like less anxious about little things that I didn't even realize that I was even like how I looked or, you know, like judging things and like overthinking things that I feel like dissipated a bit. Um, And I still think that's like integrating, but um, yeah, just the safety mm. thing a lot. Yeah. Mm. Recognizing how this is really the base of everything mm. on one hand for things to arise that feel safe enough to be released in the light of love and presence and also the base of you are okay Mm. even when these things arise like showing us how we are always fundamentally okay Mm. when we are able to come back to that internal core of us Mm. and I think that was a a definite pattern that I would it was I mean a trauma response I'd always run like I was in denial of things in my life and my, mm. my trauma response was to literally run away and just like make it not happen. And I was in denial and I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to see it. And like, even when I was really young, I'd always have dreams of like myself running through trees, like so fast, because mm. that was just like, I just don't want to be here and I just want to get away. And so then any form of confrontation or any sign that something was like dangerous, like not in a sense of like, if I was in a situation, someone was at the train station I'd act and like, they were going to, I don't know, doing something dangerous that was like another person would might maybe be freaked out by, I would probably be fine in that situation. But on an internal level, if like I was having a fight with someone or yeah, someone was angry at me or the situation that like wasn't feeling like right in my soul, I would just be like, okay, I just want to leave and like run away. And so this made me really be like, okay, it's okay. You're fine within sitting with this. Like it's not going to hurt you. You're okay. You're safe. And just let me like, be in myself and be in peace because for so long just being just sitting um and just staying still like I would be in a state of fear that someone would like my mom was going to come and be in drunk or like all these different things so I was like I realizing that I was like let that go that isn't right now you're not in that situation anymore like you're okay like you're okay Mm. and it was such a nice release to like you know just bring a renewal renewal sense into my life as well to just have like this breath of fresh air into like my also in my nervous system as well to just like relax Mm, beautiful Mm. I wonder how that transpassed trans how do you call that like a how do you see that transpass into your everyday after coming out of your past okay, no 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 that makes sense um i is that a word i don't actually know i like transfer i know the word that you're talking about like trans transfers but like translates yeah so, but i i i like your word anyway i'm going to say i'm going to go with yours <laughs> um i i feel like it's made me well to be honest after I got out of Vipassana like I got back here got to Melbourne and I was like trying to surprise my sister for her birthday didn't really work out because I just maybe didn't plan it as well wasn't structured enough and wasn't organized enough and through that I kind of had like an altercation um I won't go too into it but I had an altercation and then I had to with like her boyfriend anyway and so then I had to 
I was in this state where someone was coming at me in like a really aggressive way. And normally I can't deal with people confronting me. Like I can't deal with people angry at me. And that practice really helped me just like ground into myself and like not be reactive to what they were saying and I could see it from an empathetic sense and have love and be like this is someone that is going through their own thing this has got nothing to do with me but but also addedly I didn't freak out I just kind of like stayed centered that like emotions came up and I sat with them and I they came and went and I was like observant of them but I wasn't rattled for three days feeling so anxious about what's going to happen like am I Mm. almost like that in danger like if like if someone is angry at me like I'm literally not gonna die but it's almost that feeling of like I don't know what's gonna happen like I don't know what's going on like why did I do this all these these different things just coming up this non-stop pattern that just kind of dissipated and I kind of was like okay let's just breathe like this is someone doing their own thing coming to me even in any sort of conflict like you're safe you're in your own you know what your intentions are and just sitting with yourself Mm -hmm. and grounding so it really helped me not be so high up into my mind and like anxious and just come back down to center and just be like no this is you you're a safe place you are your own safe place and just approaching conflict from that place of compassion as well Mm, beautiful Mm. yeah because that's also one of the core teachings of vipassana really allowing us to drop into that space of compassion and love Mm. for all living beings and other aspects of life and life that goes beyond what we can perceive um yeah and just dropping down into the body before we allow the automatic reaction to spill through yeah Mm. that was the most beautiful Mm. part of it i found of just the the connection that I'd, I'd been seeing a lot recently, but that's something more I'm just getting so much more intrigued by of how completely interconnected our mind and our body are. Like it'll show us exact responses that is going on at the same time. And I think there's so much like health and wellness stuff out and so many like, you know, there's psychology stuff out, but there's no not much that comes back that we know that our mind and body are connected, but like how often on an mm-hmm. everyday basis are we like actually checking in to be like, how does this feel within my cells? Like our brain is a cell and our leg is a, like millions of cells. So it's like there's, they're connected, mm-hmm. but I just think we don't really take the time to like sit and communicate mm-hmm. with ourselves. Well, for me, it's actually a daily practice and it's literally what I teach to my clients yeah, well, too. <laughs> you're like the odd so, 1%. <laughs> I can be a bit more optimistic than that, yeah. but yes. I wonder though, what were some of the realizations that came through in regards to your mind and your body mm. and the connection? Like this is one that you presented. Is there anything else that came up as a surprise? I had... In terms of my mind and my body, I had another experience where there was just like a lot of fire, a lot of like heat coming up and like anger and greed that I think came up that I had no idea about. Um, Mm. It was interesting. Like I hadn't really thought about it in that way, but there was in one of the meditations I had a lot of, um, yeah, it was almost like I was going to burn on fire Um, and it was so insane. But then afterwards I kind of realized how much it was like linked to greed and anger um for like the situation that I grew up in and for an example I like when I was younger like I'd be pretty like rebellious like I was always chill but like I'd 
you know, had periods where I would like steal things from like the milk bar and the supermarket because like I came from a really, you know, poor upbringing and part of in a subconscious level, like I felt like hard done by and it created this mm. thing of like greed that I was like, well, I didn't get this. So I will just take this and like taking things and not really like appreciating them or realizing them. And I didn't really understand that what that was, was greed. You know, I thought as like a younger child, like, and I would never do that anymore. But like when I was younger and like a teenager, I was like, oh my, like, I just thought I was being rebellious and trying to like live my own life. But now I'm like, no, you were really overly greedy and like always needed so much and always Mm. wanted so much. And that was such an interesting realization because I just didn't really understand that that exactly was what was going on. And afterwards now, I mean, I'm completely so, so, so past that, but it's, it's, there's like a, I have a softer feeling to wanting as much, you know, I feel like coming like in a material sense I feel like and I'm more just grateful for kind of what is like there's I have a lot of like desires and passions and experiences that I want to have in my life but I from a young age had always wanted a lot like I always wanted to like be famous and have a big house and do all these things and I would associate of course darling you have Venus and Mars in Leo which is that bigger than life energy yeah um and I do wonder what do you see being at the core of this greed because I almost like when you mentioned it I almost felt like a little bit of I'm not gonna I don't want to project mm. it was totally coming from me of a little bit of judgment of that yeah. or like greed is seen is like as this unwelcomed expression well, yeah right? um which I I'd never really thought about it that much like and the word itself but I think just like not being happy with where you're at like unable to be present and hold just within this within your current reality and so like you want to you know take things because you feel like a not even like it's essentially take things but filling yourself up with material things or you know food or like gluttony because you feel like empty inside you know like you hate everything that you have inside or you feel like mm-hmm. you have nothing and so you fight, try find comfort in things that are will try and fill you up and that's kind of I didn't really realize that's exactly what I was doing I literally just thought I was like rebelling and like trying to have fun and like you know just trying to be and I don't think I'm not a greedy person like at all and the greed is greed is also like an an emotion that you're experiencing you know anyone could feel greedy at times anyone can feel jealous at times anyone can feel ecstatic at times you know and like trying to remove the judgment of like what the 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 emotional trigger of like what greed even is it's like I am not greedy but I had feelings of greed in my life and like Mm -hmm. and that also made me not be like okay I'm not going to label myself as that but that's something that like I can Mm -hmm. recognize I did experience and through Vipassana I think that was a really good way to like remove the judgment of things because things you know they're just emotions at the end of the day they're not who you are they're just something that you're experiencing Mm -hmm. um and that Mm -hmm. can obviously affect your outside world as much as your inside world but like it's understanding that like your emotions can take you over and like being able to observe that and be Mm -hmm. like no this isn't me this is something that I'm experiencing 
Yeah, yeah, like a beautiful shadow integration. Yeah, exactly. And what I love about the Vipassana process is that, you know, we touched upon this greed now and in me immediately this curiosity arose of like, right, but what is at the core? Like, is this coming from that lag and wanting to mm. fulfill the void, like you said, and wanting to make ourselves feel more validated or is it a coping mechanism that is leading into like the cry for help? But what Vipassana kind of teaches is that it doesn't fucking matter. We don't need to understand it Mm. mentally. Can you simply welcome it, be with it, feel it in your body? You said, I I was experiencing this fire, this Mm. like heat in my body. And that is how we actually feel emotions in the embodied way, allow them to be expressed without attaching too much story. Exactly. Because that's just the mental chatter exactly and move on with love and compassion exactly and i think and equanimity equanimity (laughs) exactly and i think integrating it in the way that like i kind of had the anxious experience and the anxiety attack experience which was like in what i would relate that to as me like when i was younger i would like kind of in the say relating it back to the greed thing is I would almost like take things because I wanted that sense of adrenaline because I was like used to it, you know, like I was addicted mm-hmm. to that, like adrenaline sense. And like, I didn't do it that much at all. I can just reflect and be like, that's so interesting that that was like the pattern of events. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then because that anxious experience happened, it almost like opened me up more and I let it happen and come through. And then when like the fire really like that really anger greed thing came up that was almost like the realization so I could see it without feeling that like adrenaline coming in blocking it so it's almost like I cleared out Mm -hmm. to get more perspective on something that was like Mm -hmm. really much deeper and so it's just like layers and layers and layers that you're on unpacking but um that's the beauty of it you just have to sit and watch it come and go yeah, yeah. Because I feel like when I came out, people were asking me, oh, did you receive a lot of new realizations? And the truth is, for me, mm. it didn't feel like a lot of new realizations. Yeah. It was more embodied experiences of the wisdom that was already there, mm-hmm. that is inside of all of us. Yes. Um, and so I do wonder, like, looking back on the experience, what do you feel if you could sum it up in like a few key takeaways, mm-hmm. something that you want to keep nurturing and cultivating and live by in your life? What are the pillars, the main lessons? The main lessons was a massive one that summed up the whole sort of experience was judgment. I feel that I had, I was judging the whole thing from the start. I was judging like <laughs> people like, I was judging people around me. I was judging. Did you judge me? Did you have any like judgments coming? Because we were sitting next to each other in the meditation hall. Which I actually fully did. I like, I knew that you were there, but I actually didn't realize until later on that it was like you. I don't even know why I like, knew you were sitting next to me, but I actually didn't realize. I, but like, until I, like, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't judging you at all in the meditation hall. And like, I was, I knew that you were there, but I was almost like, I don't know. I had this like weird tunnel vision and looking at these certain other people. So I didn't, you weren't taking up too Slightly much of my energy. offended. Which I knew I'm that kidding. you were there, but you weren't that you but you weren't like Thank you, it's a good thing, honestly. <laughs> um, but I mean, like naturally, I think I was probably judging everyone that came in from my own past experience at the start. Like I was like looking at, you know, literally like and this is just coming from a superficial sense of like what I needed to like break down of like mm. what they're wearing, what they're doing. Like that that was something that I really had to like work through because mm-hmm. 
you know, it reflected back to just me judging myself, but um, like what they were doing, like, you know, if they were walking all the time, like little things that I was like, why are they doing that? I but was then really, that. <laughs> yeah, which I think it's natural to do because like you think it's going to be this solo experience and I'm like, oh my God, I'm just going to be by myself, like have this Zen time. And really it's like, no, it's like you're reflected into everyone else around you and it's like mm. really intense and you have like body language, like it's silent, but there's like all these different people, there's all these different energies that are conflicting and everyone's sensitive. But, you know, Um, I want to speak to that a little bit because I feel like that's still a personal experience because we did meet a new friend, Justin, um, who was doing Vipassana for the second time because this was the first time for both of us. And Mm -hmm. he was like, he spoke to an old Vipassana practitioner back in India and he gave him he gave him uh, the advice of the first time you go to vipassana to learn the technique and then the mm. second time you go to work and yes. he took it really seriously and he was like i did not make any eye contact right after the meditation in the hall i would go straight back into my room continue meditating so he was really incubating himself mm-hmm. full on until the last day when we're able to talk and mm. interact with one another so i think it was also like the beginner's kind of definitely curiosity that we were observing each other and talking to the spiders and smelling the flowers and touching the trees and stuff Mm -hmm. like that yeah for sure definitely that was just my personal experience that I was like you know taking in other people's energy and realizing like you know and just trying to distract myself and I after I heard Justin say that I was like oh my god damn it I wish I knew that like at the start (laughs) but like it's obviously exactly um but like now I know, but now understanding that it's like, oh, that makes so much sense. But the, the the lesson is like understanding how you're reacting to every single thing around you. So like mm-hmm. you're in this environment, but oh, you want to go look at a spider or you're judging someone. It's like all these things are mirrors back to like, you don't want to sit within yourself or like mm-hmm. for me, that was how I felt or like you're judging, I'm judging myself or like people are just expressing themselves and being themselves fully. And I was like, you know, it came back to me not being able to express myself fully because I was like, maybe someone's going to judge me. And realizing mm-hmm. that, that I was like, I was creating so much of this like judgment and anxiety and just like distraction within myself because I, I didn't, you know, I didn't feel worthy or I just was like unsure that people around me were going to like think a certain way of me. And so that was really interesting. And I even found myself like, even though I love, like, it was so, it was my one thing to do, even though we were just meant to be meditating, but I was like worrying about what I was wearing. And I was like, not worrying, but I was like, what am I going to wear today? And I was like, this is my fun little game. But really it's like. (laughs) I had the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, it's just this like, it's, you know, like being superficial. And like, I realized that I was like looking at surface level qualities in people and I couldn't actually properly see what was really the true them or the true me. So I was doing the same with myself and judging like superficial parts of myself. And, you know, I've been like a really insecure person who well, had feelings of insecurity from like a really young age. And so mm. it's, that was a really big lesson in it as well to just be like, not so focused on material superficial qualities. And like, even though I would like to think that I'm not like that, I think it really brought up how, prevalent I actually in my day-to-day that would happen and so it really just like had I got a greater compassion for myself afterwards Mm. I found and love for myself yeah beautiful 
Oh, that's that's the core of it. And I would mm. love to weave some of your astrology into this Please. reflection because, you know, your meat heaven, the line of impact is in Leo as well. Like there's a lot of Leo energy and it comes with Black Moon Lilith, with this, which does show those dark, feminine, repressed, rejected, mm. shadowy aspects where your feminine quality that is in your expression, is in your revealing, in your emotionality that is here to be seen and recognized in Leo not feeling accepted and then looking mm. for that validation permission to be and express right um, so there's really the path of how you can shine the most in the world help the most people live your dharma is in you embracing that inner child that perhaps didn't always feel safe to be who they are, who she is, and take up space and really giving her a permission to authentically, creatively express in all that she is with all that she loves and values and to go for what brings her joy, pleasure, excitement. That's that whole Leo cluster that is so prominent in your chart. Wow. I've never really thought about it like that. That's so sick. <laughs> what would you interpret yeah. like... I know Lilith is like sexual energy, but in in a tenth house, like in what way is that like expressed? I guess is it like your, is it linked with your inner child or like parts of yourself that you are? Because I know Lilith, but not to that extreme. Like in terms of in my chart, how would you interpret that? Well, sexuality, sex is definitely present in the Leo energy. Mm. It has that hmm, passionate fiery expression right um and especially with mars and venus which are the divine masculine divine feminine representation mm -hmm. in astrology so there is definitely this sex drive this sex appeal but at the core sexual energy is our life force energy mm -hmm. it's our creative energy so in this sense i wouldn't necessarily i mean we could have a whole i i We're do cosmic pleasure it. activations <laughs> and like this is something that my practice is really moving towards more of that tantric perspective and working with the sexual expression and potential but in like a very I don't want to say innocent because sexual energy is innocent innocent the most pure energy for me mm -hmm. but in that sense I would say you stepping into that unapologetic expression of your heart is what mm -hmm. creates magnetism and naturally wow. radiates so that you get the path clears up your dharma just kind of like takes you and pulls you like a magnet once you just allow yourself to authentically express be take up space be loud um wow so that's what i would say at this point but no we i can love definitely that. go deeper <laughs> no i love that i think that actually like i just in terms of like how i was feeling in the heart space the masculine feminine mm. like it's actually that and you makes know, a lot of sense. This is something that applies to everyone because everyone mm, will have this Leo exactly. quality in, within them. It's just exactly. maybe it's more prominent in certain other areas on in your life, depending on where Leo falls into your chart. Yeah, of course. So yeah. stunning. <laughs> stunning. Stunning. Um, <laughs> right. Wow, yes, this judgment part is definitely a big realization and it kind of, you know, I also sneaked up on your mm. human design chart and I see how you do have a channel, a full channel of judgment, just like me. Really? <laughs> yes, but at the core 
judgment is more of like the shadow expression when it comes with some kind of ickiness comparison with mm. the sense of there's something wrong with the current alignment and having so much Virgo you're here to actually bring that piece of integrity you know mm. to have the discernment knowing that it is a part of your gift and how can we bring the potential to its highest, lightest, most truthful expression? And I do believe this is why we incarnated into this world to have these experiences and continue evolving in our energetic expression. And I feel like Vipassana just really beautifully lays out of like what is in there, what has been quote unquote spoiled as this channel of judgment kind of explains it and how can we step into greater integrity which is always tied tied up to love compassion which is what vipassana teaches it's all about well that was beautiful yeah i actually had i was walking i think today and i was like trying to just thinking about kind of i was looking over the notes that i wrote when i literally was in the car out of vipassana so i was like i'm just gonna write some stuff down of like what i feel like Mm -hmm. came kind of came up just like out of that completely straight out of that situation Mm -hmm. um and i mean a lot of the judgment things came up but then i was like looking over it and i was like yeah there's judgment but then like the higher form of that is discernment and integrity and like when you're saying discernment i was like yes like that resonates so much because it's like you can judge but you also like have you can sit within yourself and discern like is this right for me like within your truth and so I think that's Mm -hmm. like a really beautiful piece it's like no emotion is not worthy of being presented because it still has like a meaning and it still has like a path that it has to like go on to get Mm -hmm. fully integrated into like your being to be understood and so that's what I found like so beautiful And this is exactly why we come to sit in silence for 10 days and literally just give Mm. space for whatever it is to arise. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful. And one other thing I just wanted to add, there was there was I didn't have much communication at all, like within because you're not meant to be person like bring in like your higher self or bring in like your spirit guides and try like have get messages and stuff so I was very much focused in my body the whole time but then on I think one of the last days I was like oh I'm just gonna do it and then like I was like is there any messages that like I needed to hear and I was also like going through all of this judgment stuff and like meeting people and like connecting so much with people and really like you know my thoughts changing and then it was I just got this like little message that was like you've been hating yourself your whole life to fit in it's time to sell it's time to start loving yourself fully to stand out and I was like it's so Mm. simple but I was like it is so true it's like why you know and just Mm. like we put these walls up to just like be something for someone else instead of giving that back to ourselves and like really honoring like Mm. our soul's purpose well what we want to do yeah what a beautiful mantra to keep coming back to yeah definitely and so I want to slowly bring this conversation to uh merging conclusion and closure I wonder if there's anything else that feels alive that feels important to be shared um and also maybe a little question in that of like how are you going to be practicing Vipassana in your everyday life or how can people bring the contents, the contents, what was that word? <laughs> the content yeah. and the context, but actually the juice of what Vipassana teaches into their everyday life. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I was actually going to say like, if you ever do want to do this, um, 
you know, if there's something within like anything that we're kind of talking about, the fact that you even listened to a podcast about it means that there's like some inch within you that could maybe see yourself doing it because like I think everyone at one point would definitely resonate with this energy because we're at, in the end of the day all connected and so I found that like in terms of practicing it you can definitely integrate it without having to actually practice for, like two hours a day or go to a 10-day retreat like really the basis it is really like stopping and sitting and connecting and like if you feel an emotion come up or you're feeling frustrated or angry and like try and get to a place and like be like, okay, I feel anger right now. Even if you're so in it and you're so like overraged and like annoyed and you're like, oh my God, like, she's like, okay, I feel angry. Like I can recognize that I'm really, really angry. Not telling you to disregard it and put it down, but just be like, okay, where do I feel anger? Like, where do I feel anger? And start like bringing it back to your body and asking and being like, okay, where is the anger within myself? Like present it to me. Like, let's just like look at it. And sometimes you're so in the emotion that it's hard to get to that place. But if you could just slowly bring it back to be like, okay, where is it? It brings you so out of like your head. And so in the emotion, just slowly back into your body to be like, okay, I'm feeling like really like a lot of energy in my head. And just to slowly that, even if you feel like you're doing nothing, it'll slowly calm your nervous system down to be like, okay, I'm back in my body. I can feel that this is like not just an emotion that's taking me over, but like my body is responding. And so then you've taken the energy off the emotion and into your body just in like a small sort of sense. Um, And that could be with anything, you know, you might be feeling like an over, uh, like an over amount sort of love and be like, okay, I feel all of this love with inside of me. Like, where is it, you know, like, and, Mm. and, and connect with that. So that's something that I've just been doing in general. Um, But I and that's just a fun way to kind of like integrate it when you haven't like done the actual course so back to the body back back to to love back to love and also knowing that it is just a passing experience it's just in the course Anicca Anicca it comes and it goes exactly like everything in life exactly and yeah focus realizing that thing of impermanence you know it comes and it goes and like that really helped me especially if you're someone that like struggles with I mean as women like it's really hard to not be like not well just in terms of like body issues or feeling you know not feeling worthy or all these different things Mm. that feeling of impermanence like I remember I used to always struggle with like how I looked and like trying to look a certain Mm. way and try to be perfect in my body and like all these different things but I'm sure a lot of pretty much every woman can resonate with and men and 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 everyone (laughs) everyone everyone of course um but yeah I feel like that that kind of just yeah from sorry in just a personal experience I realized that it was you know if I was like worried about how I looked one day or worried about like my way to worried about something I was like it all just is impermanent you know one day you feel good one day you don't also like you're going to be old one at, at one time and like you might feel good that day you might not so it's just like mm-hmm. these things are not permanent your body isn't permanent and so mm-hmm. just remembering and being like so attached to that like what we're seeing and the outcome of like our current thought and so that was a really good way to just be like a calming sensation. So that's another way that it really helped me in terms of um in everyday life, just a oh. comparison, mm, yeah. taking a breath. And yeah. And then also just um, I've been doing, I've been practicing every day, which has been good. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I didn't do it. Thanks. I didn't do it for like five days because I went camping and I was staying with my friend in the tent and it just was not going to work. <laughs> um, but I've been doing it every day and it definitely makes a massive difference in my day when I do do it. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be a full-on hour. It, it can be however long you feel like you have in that day, but just like exactly. a moment in the morning to sit with yourself and what is present and kind of reset your system, prepare it for the day. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. I, I feel like this really beautifully sums it up. Mm. And wow, it's... I know you had a pretty deep experience just like everyone did in their own mm -hmm. way, but it's been an honor to be able to hear more about your journey. Oh, it's um, been an honor to, you're so good at um reflecting kind of like an integrating kind of like the mirror aspect of like how I'm kind of interpreting it. So you've got like a very mm. beautiful way of like connecting yeah. things all back together. So thank you so much. It was well, that's what really I did nice. do. That's what cosmic explorations is about. Yeah. To take you deeper into yourself, basically. Mm, which mm. I'm so excited to actually like hear more about when I can like ask you all the questions. Mm. Good, good, good. All right. Whoosh. We've passed on an experience. Wow. Um grateful that it has brought us together and know, hopefully so. brought some important messages activations invitations to the listeners of cosmic aspirations podcast too and i wonder how can people find out more about what you do and listen to your podcast cool thank you no i'm sure this is gonna like touch so many of your listeners ears i'm mm. so excited to like share this connection also just like you know share my this is my first podcast on actually not on my own channel so I've always always done it just interviewing other people so that is I've lost my guest Virginia, which is absolutely amazing so I feel <laughs> amazing um but you can find me on all social media channels um my the the podcast is called the inside out podcast um so that's just literally the inside out podcast on Instagram um, and then my name is Mimi Morell. It's M-I-M-I-M-O-R-R-A-L-L. -L, and that is my Instagram handle as well. And I also have TikTok, but I'm starting to do more TikToks on like this sort of thing and for the podcast. And then you can <laughs> click my link tree. My Spotify is on Apple and Spotify and where you listen to podcasts. So, you know, it's all there. It's all there. It's yes. all there. That's such all a good conclusion. Things. Like it's yeah. all there within you, around you, in your mm -hmm. heart. Life always provides with exactly what we need. And I think <laughs> I love that this literally. is the conclusion. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for being here with us, for sharing your experience, for being yourself mm. and sharing so revealing yourself so vulnerably thank you so yeah. much it was an honor this is so much fun i love doing this <laughs> darling we continue to weave. weave bye bye